a person sticks with what they say they're going to do. Once you decide that you're in this for life, okay, now what's our debt payoff plan? We're doing this together. There's no yours and, and mine and all that, but we're doing this together. So what, how are we paying off the debt? Um, how are we growing our money? What, what are we going to do? Like you said about learning and having fun on date nights together. Let's learn how to invest together. Let's, let's follow strategies that make sense. Not following every little get rich quick thing because that's an issue too in relationships. One person will always have an idea. Oh, I got an idea. Okay. What now? And there's always something that is not going to grow you financially because they're listening to all this stuff. But let's learn together us and develop a stable financial plan. Welcome everybody back to another exciting show of the About That Water podcast, where we have the lovely opportunity to help you build strong financial habits. My name is Anthony and I'll be your host today. Now, I actually have the awesome opportunity to bring on Dorothea today, who is the owner of the Money Chat book, where she provides so much value. And if you own this book, you will actually have opportunity to get more and more from this one book. You get in well over $300 worth of content just for owning this book. And I highly recommend you to get it. So welcome everybody, Dorothea. How are you doing today, Dorothea? Hey, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's been a happy Friday to you. I know we put this on out of all the days in the week. Friday is seems to be a slow day for me. How about you? Yeah, yes, it's actually my CEO day. It's the day that I normally take some time to work on the business instead of in the business. <laughs> like that. Yeah. So while we're talking about the business, what is your business? Absolutely. So I am a personal finance and business coach. I teach individuals how to save more, spend more, give more, and live the life that they want financially. And I teach entrepreneurs how to start, run, and grow successful businesses. So that is all under hashtag money chat. I've been, I, and actually money chat was born later. I was doing financial coaching and business coaching. Before I started with financial coaching because I need to get my money right. And I realized I needed to, to, this message needed to go to the world. Like everybody I knew, nobody I knew knew what to do with their money. And so I was like, I need to teach everybody. Look, everybody, <laughs> you know, when you learn something, you want the world to, you know, when you're that kind of person, you want the world to take advantage of what you're, what you're learning. And that, that's how money chat and Dorothea Kelly coaching and all the things came about. Yeah, because it's one of the things that I had to learn as I was maturing in the financial space and even just on myself is that education is one of the things that nobody can take away from you in this all game. So absolutely, like, why not just share it as much as you can? That's right. Absolutely. Now, so we know about that money is another thing that we can gain, but we can also lose at the same time. So. Okay. <laughs> Well, setting up those financial boundaries, like how do we set those up with our family members? Oh my goodness. So when it comes to our family, there, and there's different relationships, right? So you've got your parents, you've got the, the ones who raised you and you've got relationships with your kids and your siblings, all the whole family dynamic. So sometimes those boundaries are different depending on who you're speaking of. 
So we can start with like a family type of thing. Think about, I always, I always used to say this and, and tell me if you can resonate with this. Doesn't seem like the strongest people in the family, the people who have it together, they get the least amount of attention. The person who is always in trouble, always broke, needs help with the rent, you know, needs, you know, we need to go fund me for this. So so-and-so can go, you know, whatever. Those are the people that get the family's attention. And I think that's just extremely unfair. Because why, why wouldn't the people who are handling their business get rewarded as well? You know? Yeah, that is a good question because I have noticed that. And then you almost build like that resentment against them. And then you wind up, if you are the person that's not acting up, you, then you start resenting you know, your wealth and then you feel bad talking about your wealth around the family. Exactly. Exactly. And now don't get me wrong. I help people. Somebody, people help me. I was a single mother with two little girls and I had, I had people that helped me, but it's about how they, what they do after the help. So how many times are you going to have to keep giving your money, giving your money? And then are they learning the lesson? So if somebody is always in trouble, can't, always needs money for groceries or money for their rent because they aren't trying. So that's the difference. I help and anybody who's trying, I'm, th- I'm right there for them. But if I've helped you once and I'm like, okay, you just need a leg up. Okay. Maybe again, you made another mistake, but three, four, five times. And this is what often happens in family relationships. Everybody rallies around to help this one. And then if you throw children in the, in the mix, it's a whole other ball game. So, and then let's say they don't have kids, they're single and they just are out here living their best life and they know that the family will rally to help them. Then the people who are paying their own bills, taking care of their own stuff, they can be like, well, why are we always raising money for so-and-so? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So when I, when I talk about boundaries here, it's my thing is this, have your, have your idea of, okay, I've helped you once. I've helped you twice. Then you've got to ask yourself, did they get the lesson? Because after that, maybe what they need is resources. And if they reject the resources, then they don't really want help anyway. And that not that something like for help versus enabling versus helping? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and, uh, and families can enable like, because if you know, you ever hear the one like, that's just how they are. Well, you know how they are. Yep. And then everybody else is like, yeah, so we just do. But if they're able-bodied and they just take for granted this help, then you have to set a boundary and a line in the sand that says, even if I got it, I, I'm not doing this anymore. So that's that's one piece. you know. And then sometimes there's that family guilt, you know, everybody's going on vacation. You know goodness well that the way your finances are set up, you need to stay home. The way that you got work, right? But then everybody's like, you know, and I'm, I'm this person. I like to be where the party is. I like to be where everybody is. I like to be in the mix. You're going to be, yeah, let's do it. But you got to look at your budget. And then everybody's like, well, hey, you're not having a good time. Oh, girl, you could do it. You could come on with it. You know, come on. You could, you got a job. You could deal with that later, but you know, you have financial goals. So then you have to just set a boundary to say, you know what? I know you all are going to have a good time. And I'm either, either I'm going to work extra to make the money that's just for this trip 
or I'm going to stay home. No matter how people are like, come on, man, come on, because none of them are paying your bills. Nobody is going to pay your rent, your light bill, your gas bill when you get back and you're trying to figure out how to do it. I've been there. We all have. Yeah. So it's just setting those kind of boundaries so that you know what your goals are and you're not feeling guilty or beholden, you know, to your family to either help somebody or do something that the group is doing. And one of the things that I found helpful for me to kind of be part of those conversations or even part of those activities is to have a a fun fund, if that makes sense. So it does. a little savings account to kind of say like, hey, this is my fun account. I'm going to put in like maybe $5 a paycheck or something like that. Yes. Maybe I don't go out all the time. Yes. But if I know that I'm going to spend about $200, cool. I can work from $200 and say like I'll save $50 a paycheck or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Because it, it to me, it is important to to go to some of those things. Like those are memories that are being made. As long as it's not an unreasonable ask, I agree with you 100%. Everybody should have a fun fund because life is for the living. I say this all the time to my people. Life is for the living. So if you're, if you can't never go, just recalibrate and say, okay, how can I make it so that I can enjoy some of these activities? So I love, I love that idea. Yeah. And I guess that communication piece with your friends, be like, I can't be doing this every week. I'll come up once a month. And yeah. Set those those yeah. boundaries as well as financial boundaries. I think. Here's something else. Yeah. And this is what I did. I I went out, but I first of all, this may not count because I'm not a drinker, so I was easy, mm-hmm. right? And I cooked at home. I would eat at home. I would go out. I would drink water, and maybe I'd have an appetizer. But I was still there for the fun. Still enjoying myself. You don't have to not go. You can still go. You just don't have to order up and down the menu. Or you don't have to buy all the concert tickets. You know, it's just... (laughs) Because I was thinking about, have you ever been invited to a party where they say, well, you got to pay this cover charge. But they invited you to the party. It's like, are you hosting or are you hosting, you know? Because they're hosting it at a club. Mm -hmm. And so they're not paying your, your fee to get in. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or even yes. like a dinner party and be like, you know, you still got to pay for your dinner plate. Like if you're going to show up. Yes, you do. And that's very popular now. We do a lot of that. Yeah. But here's a, one thing I want you to think about everybody who, who goes. Although I know our cultural norm is to pay for your dinner and bring a gift. And, and we've had parties like this. But if you're hosting a party like that, be fair and say you don't have to bring a gift because they're already paying for their meal. But it is very common now. It didn't used to be where you would be invited to a dinner party and you would bring a gift. Like that's a thing now. Whereas it did not used to be like that. Either you ate for free and you brought your gift or, or you, you know, it, it's really weird now, but it is a norm. We do it. We, we, we bring gifts and we pay for our dinners. That's interesting. It is. And we, we want to shit like kind of slowly move over to like some of these other strategies, like with couples. So, you know, you have some couples out there, uh, then they want to do date night and, or they feel like they were dating a lot at first, but now it became serious. Now they only go out like once a month. So how, how do we manage our money that way? 
So, okay, let me let me tell you about me and my husband. I am the saver. Mm. My husband is about living his best life. <laughs> so we balance each other out a little bit. You know, I live my best life, but I found free stuff to do. When I met my husband, he had no idea about doing nothing free. He didn't know how to go do nothing free. Everything was money. And, and when we went out to eat, he ordered two appetizers, drinks. Like before you even got to your meal, you had spent a lot of money. And I could, I couldn't believe that. Like I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. So what I had to teach him was there are things you can do and have fun for free without spending any money or spending a little bit of money. Like we'll, but we'll go from place to place and do like little appetizers and things like that. And about having just fun night in. He doesn't think, he doesn't think that if we stay in, we didn't do anything. Like that's not a date night. Like date night is not staying in. And I love to stay in for date night. You know, you can do a lot of fun things at home, cooking dinner, watching your favorite movies, playing games together. I had to kind of help him with that because he's like, we just here playing games and eating. We do this all the time, but it's how it's, it's the experience that you make it. You don't always have to spend money and you do want to date nights are important, especially for couples. Date nights are super important. Whether you have kids or not, I, I recommend that you go at least every other week. If you don't have a day for each other once a week, at least every other week. And I know some are doing once a month. The problem is once a month tends to be every other month and then it, it just gets away from you. So you have to be intentional about it. And remember how you talked about that fun money budget? Have a budget for each other. You must spend time together. So if you know you're going to want to go out once a month at least, maybe once a month you go out to dinner and once a month you stay in and you have your two date nights. I like that. Um yeah. Because what we do now, we, me and my wife just recently started doing this, which is to do date nights where we actually learn something. So we both took like a sewing class. And oh, that was fun. So, and then we just recently did a candle making class. So we don't uh-huh. have any candles. Yeah. So the next one I think we're trying to do is learn how to rock climb. So we're going to learn some different stuff. I love that. Because you're doing activities together. You're not just eating dinner, sitting across from each other or going to the movies, not talking to each other. And then you, you have conversations. I love that. You, yeah. my husband's going to be calling you because he's going to be like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> but she, but it's really not that expensive. Like when you think about it, like far as a dinner. Yeah. Like you said all the appetizers and everything like that. It equals yeah. to about the same, but also yeah. this life learning experience that we can actually replicate. I love it. Now, do you eat at home? Yes, we try to eat before we go out. Yeah, see? But if we do go out and it's kind of late, we'll kind of d- like play it by ear or by stomach, really. Yes. We go through the drive-thru right quick. Snacks. Get the coupons out, so. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So what are your thoughts on having like combined bank accounts? Like, or when, matter of fact, let's take it even further back. When should couples start having that money conversation? I think that the money conversation is important once you have decided to be exclusively dating. Once you've made the decision to be exclusively dating, you need to talk about the money because exclusively dating leads to something else later. Not immediately. We're not jumping, but 
you know, if, if I'm only dating you and you're only dating me, I need to know how you manage your money. Because ultimately now we're, we are an official couple and that is going to affect us. And I think the conversation should be non-judgmental because what we have to remember is that everybody's money experience and background is different. So just listen to how they manage money and without judgment, because that way, if you have some ideas, they'll be more apt to listen versus like, well, that's stupid. You're going to be broke forever. Look. <laughs> So, so some people might need that shock, you know? Not, no, listen, you got to <laughs> later, 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 once you've tried, you got to try some other things first okay. and then go to listen. I, I can't live like this, you know, because you're getting to know each other still. Even once you've decided to date exclusively, you're still getting to know each other. So then if, if you're, if you're that in love, you're going to listen to each other, but, but not from the judgmental standpoint, that's not going to work. Coffee. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, I mean, I know we were just talking about a couple strategies here. Is there like another strategy as for like young couples that are out there dating that should be aware of? As, as far as let's, so one thing that I always tell younger couples is just pay attention, watch their spending habits, try to influence the spending habits and, you know, but if both of you are spenders or both of you are savers, there's no balance. So it's important to go to a money seminar with, you know, go together, like write down what your financial goals are so that everybody's on the same page. That way, when you do that, you really can pay attention to where they are and what the, if a person sticks with what they say they're going to do. Once you decide that you're in this for life, okay, now what's our debt payoff plan? We're doing this together. There's no yours and, and mine and all that, but we're doing this together. So what, how are we paying off the debt? Um, how are we growing our money? What, what are we going to do? Like you said about learning and having fun on date nights together. Let's learn how to invest together. Let's, let's follow strategies that make sense. Not following every little get rich quick thing because that's an issue too in relationships. One person will always have an idea. Oh, I got an idea. Okay. What now? And then it's always something that is not going to grow you financially because they're listening to all this stuff. But let's learn together us and develop a stable financial plan. And as it relates to combining finances, I think this is a very individual decision. And when, when my husband and I got married, we were both good and grown and we both had accounts and households and all the things. There was absolutely no way we were going to combine all of that and keep our sanity. So we developed, we we developed joint accounts. Now we both have access to each other's individual stuff. It's that's all good, but we developed joint checking and saving accounts. A lot of my friends did the same thing. Now you all are just getting started out and everything's brand new. You can easily join together your, your current accounts. My husband also wanted to have separate accounts because he felt like if he wanted to buy me a gift, right. then I would be looking at the account. I would know that he was, why'd you take that money out of there? You know, what you doing? You know, and then it would give it, a, it would give it away. And I never thought of it that way. For a while, I did say, you know, we should join. We should do this. We should do that. But then I just was like, you know what? We don't have to do that. That's not, there's nothing set in stone. So I think you do what you want to do. And I don't believe that it is 
an indictment on the relationship if you don't have joint accounts. There are so many other things that can be an indictment on the relationship. If money's being hidden, if you don't have access to the account, like if they're like, no, don't touch my account, that's a whole different ball game. But listen, everybody has to do what works for them in their relationship. And that's true. Along with the money side, me and my wife, we actually kept everything separate. Because like you said, when you get older, you get married older, you got your own stuff, got my own stuff. We actually don't combine any of our finances. So okay. it was just do 50-50. Like, you know, you pay, but, I pay. And- but how do you pay the bills? Oh, she so like, put her on and paid. I'll just kind of like cash app her or slide the money. Oh, in. okay. Yeah. So we have a joint account. I do. I, I, I put the money. We both put the money in the joint account. And then he pays the bills. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And so we kind of did that way. But your wife's like, I got this. You're like, she's like, cash at me. Cash at me, boo. At the end of the month, you're like, hey, the bills this month, this much or whatever. And then we'll just split it out that way. Now, isn't that funny? So we're the money people in our relationships. Mm-hmm. And our mates do the money. And I don't even know when this changed in my relationship. I started off doing it because I was the one. And then as he started learning more and taking over, I think I got super busy with the businesses. Mm-hmm. One day I look up and he's like, here, just send me this. I love it. Yeah. What her, she's really the, the money mindset behind it all for me. Okay. Okay. Habits. Yeah. But she helped me open up my eyes to different things. Yeah. And that's one of the things was like, okay, but I'm taking it to the extreme. She doesn't, she stay in the conservative side of the house. I'm like, well, let's max it out. Like you said, it's always an idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead on and slide on over to the third segment, which is the features. Like what skills or habits that you feel that will take you to the next level? Uh, I believe, so I am always about self-improvement. So I'm always going to conferences and, and mentoring with people and just getting better and and I did some of that from the entrepreneurial side last year, got into a really great mastermind. And it did open my eyes to sometimes you, especially when you've been at something for so long, you always have to keep learning. But just to continue to keep myself around people who just have a different way of thinking about things because it opens your eyes. So that's, that's what I am continually trying to do. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you want to say to the listeners before we do a deep dive into the final four questions? I just, I, one thing that I always tell people is not to feel shame or don't feel so, so bad about your financial past. Like we've all had some things that we've gone through. So the fact that you are on the path to changing course or growing your money that speaks volumes. So give yourself grace and space to grow. Love it. Love it. All right. Final four questions. You ready? All right. I'm ready. All right. Number one, what does wealth mean to you? Wealth means giving to me. Wealth means I, when I was younger, I always wanted to be rich so that I could help people who were less fortunate, even though I was less fortunate. Wealth means giving to me. And I've been blessed enough to be able to do that. Number two, what was your worst money mistake? My worst money mistake was buying a vacuum cleaner and I didn't have any carpet. An expensive vacuum cleaner. Okay. Like was $2, it the $2,000 $2, vacuum cleaner. 
sales lady came and got me and yeah, I couldn't even get rid of it. Was it the Kirby vacuum cleaner? It was the rainbow. Do you all remember the rainbow? It had water. It was supposed to be eco-friendly. It was $2,000. Took me forever to pay it off because I had no money. But <laughs> she was like, well, you can steam your wood floors. I was like, oh, I can. Oh, my gosh. Out of here. It was torture. Number three. What is your favorite financial or non-financial book? I got so much. I'm trying to look around, got behind me. Financial or non-financial? Oh, oh, A Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. That book is a book I think everybody on earth should read. It's wonderful. Yeah, A Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Awesome. Number four, what is your favorite dish to make? Uh, my favorite dish to make is I do these, and I don't get to do it often, but these delicious white wine braised chicken. Yes. Sounds so good. Absolutely delicious. So you gotta, you gotta share a pitch with that one. I would love to. I have, I, I think I have one from my stories. I will. Nice. All right. Is, I have one last question for okay. the show, which is where could people find out more about you? Absolutely. You can, listen, I am on everything at Dorothea Kelly. Please, please, please visit DorotheaKelly.com. And of course, MoneyChatBook.com. Everything is there for the book, the bonuses. Whenever you purchase the book, which I think is $14.99 paperback. Um, I guess I could have looked right here on the back. It, of it. it, is, it is. But yeah. <laughs> but, but whenever you buy the book, you get all these bonuses. It was very important to me to add in things that I thought would be helpful. And so there's a downloads, tools, tips, apps, all the things at moneychatbook.com. Everybody get the book. Do a review for me, please. And I thank you. That is gold for authors. And I would love to connect with everybody. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you heard it here, everybody. Dorothea is granting so much information right now. And definitely is not giving up on giving information, especially when it comes to your wealth. And, you know, so please, 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 if you got any value out of this particular episode, go ahead on and like, subscribe, share. If you're on Spotify or Apple, leave a comment. I would love to read them during my live shows. And by all means, everybody, y'all be safe. I'm out. Peace.